So we are in Perik Zion. I'd love to be able to finish the Perik today, if possible. Okay, so we are talking about Emes Vyatsev and Emes Vemuna, the concluding paragraph leading into the Shmon Esrei in both the morning and the afternoon. So the so the Gemara in Brachas tells us that someone who said one not the other didn't fulfill his obligation. Why? Because the Pazak says So we need to talk about Hashem's kindness in the morning and that's Emes V'yotsev the kindness is the fact that Hashem gives us a strong existence which is unwavering He saves us, He protects us, etc. And Emes V'emuna is corresponds to V'emunas HaBalelos that uh, night time is a time of of uh, either Darkness, lack of lack of uh, existence, like we spoke about, or and also potentially a time of uh, of danger and things like that. Okay, so so that's uh, that's the that's the two things that the Marl is going to want to say over here. So in the morning, that the Hashem is creating yom time with my separations. So that means that in the morning, that we say the dafka in the morning, because there's a his hachus of the world, and light, light of or kitov, Hashem saw the world, the light that it is good. So that's lahagid baboke chazdecha, that Hashem's kindnesses that we see in the morning, whereas uh, by nighttime, it's on the contrary, it's the taking away of the light, it's the removal of the light the construction, mutation of all those things. So that's, that's the Amunasacha. Because even though sometimes there things can be tough in this world, nonetheless, we know, we know, you know, we don't see that it's good, but we know that it is good. That's one. And then the other, uh, the other way is the world um, ceasing to exist, you know, darkness, everything kind of coming to a standstill, um, not being able to. The world's not functioning the way that it is with darkness, right? So, uh, so that's the amuna of of uh, nighttime. Okay, now about. Ava Rabba and Ava Ava Solom. So the truth is um, that there is a machlekes in the Gemara whether we should just always say Ava Rabba both morning and evening, or whether we should split it and in the morning we should say Ava Rabba and in the evening we should say Ava Solom. So the so the Gaonim or machria for us to split it. Um, that's that's how the Ashkenazim paskin. 
that we say that we say them differently. And that's connected to what we were just saying over here, that by nighttime, just like by we say emes vemuna, right? Because we're about to head into nighttime. Uh, emuna is that I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the whole world's gonna fall apart. Maybe you know the things, the, the light, the sun is not gonna shine tomorrow morning again. Maybe uh, things are gonna be negative. So so to that, uh, so to that. Just like we say, emes vemuna. No, we have a muna that things are yes gonna. Hashem is gonna rejuvenate and revive everything and bring everything back to life, etc. So too, in the second bracha, we say avas olam. Olam means forever. So instead of Avaraba, Avaraba is, wow, this is awesome. I'm feeling how much Hashem loves me. This is so exciting. This Avaraba, so much love happening. How you say in the morning? Because in the morning, it's so, it's so cool, right? You see the light, you see the sun rising, you see the birds chirping. It's, you, you, you yourself are even, you yourself are even refreshed in the morning. In the evening, what's the feeling a person has? Tired, sluggish. You know, maybe eyes are closing, right? So at this point, we, we're not feeling the avaraba, the, the the energy, excitement to tackle the 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 new sugis of the day, right? Rather, it's avas olam, which means even in this situation, even in the darkness, even when we're tired, even when we're beaten, we're, right? Nonetheless, Hashem loves us and He's with us and He's pushing us forward. So that's the he's just showing us that we that the same changes we make in Amas Vemuna is we make that also in Avas Olam. Standing, established. Like Nitzavim, Nitzavim Atem, Kulchem Nitzavim Ayom. The world is the the world things these. With, uh, those words are addressing most directly the Krishma itself. When we're talking about the Krishma, we just finished saying Krishma. And then we say, this is true and established. M is Vyatsev, but, but it also uh, is talking about the reality of the whole world, which is built based on Hashem's existence. The, the, the world is true and established. As opposed to by evening time, it's emes uh, vemuna, truth and faith, means that we again addressing Krishna, we believe it, or it's true and we believe it, but uh, alluding to the fact that in the evening they need for faith. That's, um, is one of our favorite Sudashlisha songs. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, so there is a Machlaikis in the Gemara because both are true. The greatness of Hashem's love for us is true. Also, the eternity of Hashem's love for us is true. So, by Ashkenazim, again, we split it 
and we split it appropriately that in the morning you see more clearly the intensity of the love and the night time you see the uh, endless nature of the love Yeah, um, and then and then obviously time is also uh, has to do with Golos, with the exile. Right, we've been we've been in exile now for a really long time, so that's um, that's a reason to nighttime say Avas Olam that we know that even though we're in Golos, but we believe the Muna, Amas Vemuna, we believe that we're going to be redeemed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Next. Uh, says the Sifri. Now we're addressing the first Pasuk of Krishma. Very exciting. We made it through the Birkas Krishma. We're in Krishma. Okay. So what do we say in Krishma? Six words. Anybody know what they are? <laughs> ah, okay. Shlom, good. Ne- okay, next time you're gonna give somebody else a chance no, no, to make sure. That- <laughs> okay. So, uh, so we'll address all six of them. First, first we're gonna have a midrash. It's gonna address the last four words, which most people think of as the, as the key words, perhaps, right? Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. So the Sifri is bothered. Why do we need to say the word Hashem twice? Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Why can't we just say Hashem Elokeinu Echad? Hashem our God is one. You save an entire word in the in the most important layer. You want it to be as concise as possible. Right? Yeah. So says the Sifri that Hashem Elokeinu is addressing this world and Hashem Echad is addressing the next world um, like the Apostle says Vaya Hashem l'melech al kol ha'aretz v'yomahu ya Hashem Echad u'shmo Echad so Hashem will be king over the whole world and he will be one and his name will be one that's talking about Lashid Lava. Love. Okay, so what's the uh, so first of all, wh- uh, okay, that's what it's saying. But why couldn't we just s- still put those two together? Hashem Elokeinu Echad. So he's saying that when we say Hashem is our God, we are putting ourselves. On the map as a unique connection. Hashem is our God. That means that the Jewish people are a fundamental definition of Hashem in the world. Like we know, if Shalom, there's bad things happening to the Jewish people, like when um, when um, the Maisa with the Bnos Midian, when the Midianites attacked us. There's a beautiful midrash over there that Hashem says to Moshe, 
go and avenge the Jewish people. And Moshe says to the Jewish people, go and take Hashem's vengeance. And the Midrash says, because for Hashem, Hashem uh, be revealed in this world, and the Jewish people's honor in this world are two flip sides of the same coin. To the extent that we are honored in this world is the extent to which Hashem is revealed in the world. To, which, to the extent to which we are attacked is the extent to which Hashem is attacked. Yeah? So, so the Jewish people have a unique place in revealing Hashem's honor in the world. That's called Hashem Elokeinu. That means Hashem is defined by us. Hashem is Elokeinu. He's our God. So that, that to a certain extent, defines Hashem's... Uh, who, you know, who is Hashem? Oh, He's our God. So we're in the definition of Hashem. So you can no longer uh, say in the same sentence, Hashem is one. Because one means that there's nobody else around, right? He's one, like we said before, means to the exclusion of anything else, of any significance. Elokeinu puts the Jewish people into the definition of Hashem's title. He's called our God. So that's why those two are at odds with one another. Okay? So there's a need to separate them. So we say, Two different, two different uh, statements. Hashem, Elokeinu. And then a different point, Hashem Echad. And the two of them not only can't even can't exist in one sentence, they can't exist at one time. In other words, in Olam Azeh, Hashem is Elokeinu. As we see, that by the rest of the Goyim, they either entirely ignore Hashem, or they twist and pervert Hashem's rotten whatever into whatever they want, or maybe if they're a nice goyim, then at least they, you know, bnei noach, let's say, right? So they keep Hashem as a periodic, you know. Okay, you got to do some things here and there, but the only place where you see today Hashem as being the Lord over the whole world is by us, Hashem Elokeinu. Our Lord means He's through us. He is the Lord. That the Hashem's kingship over the world will be revealed in the full sense. The, the Jewish people will no longer be revealing anything about Hashem. The, the, the revelation will be from Hashem Himself. He is one. And, and relative to that, everything else pales in comparison. Well, I mean, the Sifri just said very concisely, Hashem Elokeinu is in this world, and Hashem Echad is in the next world. The rest is the morale. It's going to be revealed. Uh, um, let me see. What is the positive? What is that going on? What? How you know?
Anyone can say anything. Um, Shema Yisrael Yeah, that's the next that's the very next point that he says that if it was, if it would say that then he would deprive the Jewish people is you ever heard the Shlomo's question why doesn't why didn't we say Shema Yisrael Elokeinu Hashem Echad we pointed out that the word Elokeinu and the word Echad are loggerheads so we have to have a break right well Elokeinu would be our Lord Hashem is one So, so, so he says because then it would make it that the only relationship the Jewish people have in revealing Hashem as the Lord, but that's not true. We reveal Hashem as the Lord. You have to remember Hashem, the Yud Kevavke, is the Shema Etzel. That's the essential name. That's the real name. Right? Elohim, the Lord, is kind of a title. It's, uh, it's, it means the one who's in charge, the one, the one who's got all the power. So, the Jewish people, in fact, um, the Gon in, uh, in Avni Liao says, uh, says, that every time you make a bracha, here's a here's a kavana. The Gon says, Baruch Ata. is second person. That's literally experiencing Hashem in a, in a way that there's no name, but it's second second person means in front of you, directly in front of you. Then we then Hashem is the unique relationship that only the Jewish people have to the Shema Etzem, to the essential name. Elokeinu is how we reveal that, if my memory serves me correctly, how we reveal that in the world. Melech HaOlam is how he is to, towards the Goyim, how, how he is for the Goyim, king over the world. He's, he's, not, he's not theirs, they're not having a hand in it, he's just king over them. So the point is that you cannot deprive the Jewish people of the intimate relationship that we have with the Yudke Vovke, with the 
with the essential name. If true, through that relationship, we reveal Hashem in the world, and that's why, as the Lord, and that's why He's called our Lord. But He's not just our Lord. It's, it's, it's Hashem is our Lord. The Yudke Vavke, the, the, the essential name, the essential revelation of divinity in existence is to us. And through that, we reveal Him as the Lord, as, as our Lord. Okay, so that's, uh, so that's why it could not sit like that. Um, now, and now, so that's the four words. And now to address the seemingly throwaway words in the beginning. Right? Shema Yisrael, which is a very long preamble. You know, you got only the most the most important statement, perhaps, in the, in the entire uh, declaration that the, the, the Jew can make. And the first two words seem to just be like a little bit of a uh, you know, not gonna, you know. Excuse, can I get everyone's attention, please? Like. Uh, Hello, please pay attention. You're going to say something very important right now. <laughs> so, what? Right, ladies and perfect, right? Shmai Yisrael, that's, that's back, you know, back when people were less civilized. Now it would be, ladies and gentlemen, Hashem al-Kedah, Hashem al-Kedah. Right? So, uh, what is the Shmai Yisrael doing? So, <clears throat> So the Maral says, Hashem is king over a nation. The, the kingship cannot be revealed over a single person. A single person doesn't have a king. King is over a nation. Now, that nation is comprised of individuals, but the extent to which um, that individual is the subject of the king is because that individual is the member of the people, and the king is over the people. I mean, the king is over, is over a nation. Obviously, therefore, he's the king over, over every individual as well. But an individual, a person who is not a member of a nation, cannot have a king. For example, let's say a person is a, he doesn't identify, he self-identifies as a non-independent. Uh, he doesn't have a nation, right? But he finds a particular king he really likes. He says, you know what, you're going to be my king. Yeah? No. This king, he's not available. I'm sorry, he's not available. He's the king over this nation. He's not taking on side gigs as also being your king. Right? A king is the king of a nation. Yeah? And even if many individuals were to designate a king, a person, yeah, each one say, oh, you're my king. But they're all individuals of one another. He's not a king. Yeah? He's only a king if a nation uh, recognizes him as such. So, therefore, Hashem's kingship, Elokeinu, 
is only over Klausel. So without saying Klausel, without evoking the name of of, of Klausel, we cannot recognize Hashem as king in the world. In other words, when we say Shema, we are Shema Yisrael. We are bringing ourselves, we're addressing ourselves, speaking to myself, but I'm not speaking to myself as the individual that I am. I could say, you know, Shema Arielab Five, right? But then I wouldn't be able to say Elokein. Hashem is not king over me. What I have to do is I have to tap into myself as a member of Klausel. And then it's irrelevant to talk about Hashem as being king. Um, Now, so the morale has an awesome proof for this explanation from a Gemara in Psachim Dav Nun Vav. What? Famous Gemara. I think it's maybe made famous by the morale, perhaps. But uh, what is it? Yeah, I, I say it. I say it over. I say it over a lot. Right. So the famous Gemara that Yaakovinu. Uh, uh, was gathered his sons to him that it's going to be time for him to pass away soon so he wanted to reveal to them the end the Shvina departed from him he was worried that uh, maybe one of them is not kosher so they said to him the Shvatim Shema Yisrael Saba listen Israel our elderly grand, you know, father Kishem Shashem Echad Belibecha Kachu Echad Belibeinu just like Hashem is one in your heart, so too is one in our hearts. And when Yaakov heard that, so he said, So, the obvious question is, if they want to tell him that they are kosher, why do they have to say, the way that Hashem is one in your heart, so he's one in our hearts as well? Just tell him. Hashem is one. You know, just, just go right to Why you to invoke Yaakov? Listen, listen, Yisrael the elder, right? What, what are they getting him to listen for? Because they're saying, the same way by, by you, so, so too is by us. What's that for? So the morale makes this very point that the Shvatim are 12 people. 12 individuals. And 12, we know, is the Yud Beis Gvule El The 12 edges. Thank you, Yosef. Oh, go ahead. You're, you're taking the visual aid. It's the 12 edges that comprise a cube. Right? So, a cube is an important thing because a cube is the representation of a three dimensional world, three dimensional object. If you want to explain to someone about three dimensions, I wouldn't recommend taking, you know, a pyramid or a sphere. Although everything in our world is three-dimensional, but but a cube, the three dimensions 
are extremely obvious because the six sides of the cube comprise the two extremes on every dimension. Three dimensions equal six directions. A dimension obviously has two extremes to it. Right? So, uh, um, one dimension will be forward and backwards, another dimension will be right to left, another dimension will be up and down. Right? The three axes. Three dimensions means three axes. But axis has the positive limit and the negative limit. Right? So the, so the cube has six sides to represent all those. So that's the representation that we always use to describe this world. Since we live in a three-dimensional world, people think that we, discuss, we, we, we always talk about the four dimensions, four directions, the Arbaruchu Sa'olam, the four, dire, four winds of the world, the four directions of the world, and then up and down is six. So people think that it's just coincidental. Okay, it happens to be that, that the world has a North Pole and a South Pole, and has a East and a West, so that's the four directions of the world, right? Um, and then there's obviously up and down. But the truth is that once you think about it for a minute, you understand that being that we, our existence, which we can't even fathom anything else, is three-directional, three-dimensional, apologize, is three-dimensional, therefore our existence is six-directional. Our world is six-directional. And now the deeper point is when we look at a cube, and the six directions of a cube can be broken down further into 12 edges of the cube. You can count them if you want. They're right there. So, which, which obviously just further breaks down the world into more facets, right? And that's the full. That's the full. Um, spectrum uh, that the world can be looked at. So it's not a coincidence that there's 12 Shvatim, there's 12 months in a year, of course, as well. Um, I wonder how someone, someone would explain that, that there's 12 months in a year. How, how would a secular person explain what you think? There's 12 months in a year. It's a coincidence. We live in a three-dimensional world, and there's 12 months in a year. Well, seasons, you divide them however you want. Right. But, but I'm saying, but, and, you, and you just have to say that it's coincidental that there's 12 of them, and we live in a three-dimensional world, which means there's three dimensions, six directions, 12 edges... Not connected. 12 and 12 not connected. That's what I'm saying. That, that it's... The, the, the six directions of a cube. We understand. No, no, no. Take a step back. The cube is not just an interesting geometrical thing. Like a, I can make a pyramid that has... You know, that has um, 
four sides or five sides. You, know, you can make many different shaped geometric, but we're saying our existence is a three-dimensional existence. Every object that exists that we know of has three dimensions to it. Has a height, a width, and a length. That's how our world is built. Now, being that it has three three dimensions, it means there's six directions, and six directions means twelve edges to the universe. So twelve edges to the universe, and twelve months in a year. And twelve mazolos, etc. These are all how this how how our world is built. So it's not coincidental how quickly the moon moves around the Earth compared to how quickly the Earth moves around the Sun. Those two are timed to produce twelve months, which is which is the twelve facets of our world. Okay, uh, so twelve shvatim. Same thing, and therefore came out. If my perspective on the world is fundamentally different from your perspective on the world, then the two of us have a machlekes to the point that we see that uh, the shvatim got into a machlekes with Yosef, sold him, right? They were, and all the Mephorshim there are all explaining how they have different perspectives. He was thinking, looking at things one way, they were looking at things another way, right? And, and that's, that's the whole, that's the whole, uh, they thought he was a rodeus, right? They thought he was out to get them, he thought they weren't so pious, and all the things, right? So, so there's this clashing, which necessarily, the moral explains, has to happen when you have these different perspectives. And therefore, they cannot recognize Hashem's kingship in the world. Because I see Hashem from my perspective, you see Hashem from your perspective. So that means some of the time I'll see Hashem as king, but some of the time I won't, because he's, the world is being run in a way that doesn't resonate with me. I don't get it. It, it kind of seems to have more work in your way, but, but I know that your way is wrong because my way is right. Because I have my proofs. I have my proofs, you have your proofs, and we're at a constant friction, and neither one of us can see Hashem as the true king in the world. Let's say, for example, right. And they can't. They can't. Each one is only one shaved. Right. Oh. So, so together, like Betsy began to say, together is how we get the full perspective. Right. Twelve is the just like we have. We say it all the time. Six sides of a cube corresponds to the six days of the week and where Shabbos is the central point it's the one that ties together the whole week right so the Nakuda Haim Tzoyis the central point pulls everything together ties everything together so that's in the six 
then a 7. So for a 12, it's the 13. The 13th is what ties together the 12. The 12, the central point, the same central point in the middle of the cube can be, if you're looking at things in a zoomed out way of six sides, the central point will be the seventh. If you zoom in and you see actually the six sides being 12 edges, the central point will be the 13th. Well, they probably mean it, probably shops. I mean, by them, they don't get that Friday evening is called Shabbos. For them, it's difficult to understand. It is. It is. Yeah. But they should have, they're the ones who are afraid of it. They are afraid of it, right. But I'm saying, but they did because they made Because, no, that is not, these things are not accidental. Trust me. The fact that they're erasing 13 from the vocabulary, that they have buildings that don't have a 13th floor on them, right, is because, right, the fact that they hate the full moon, right, the fact that they, they, the full moon is a thing of werewolves and whatever. The full moon is the Malchus of Israel. Did you know that? You didn't know that? When we Mekadish the new moon, what do we say? David We're celebrating the, the the moon coming back and closer compared to the Levana and our Malchus. So the thirteen is is the unity and thirteen is numerical value of the word Echad. Echad Aleph has Dalad is thirteen. Aleph is one, Ches is eight, Dalad is four. Furthermore, the Maral explains that the Ches and Dalad, the twelve, is the um, eight children from Leah, that's the Ches. Sorry. The, the eight is the eight children from Rachel and Leah from the from the from the wives and the four are the four children from the from Bilhan Zilpa from the from the Shvachas. So that's the eight and the four and the Aleph that unifies everything is Yaakov. He's the one. Because Yaakov was one, he's the Ish Tam. Tam means wholesome. Perfect, indivisible, everything in one place. And then that, of course, gets expressed out in all 12. And then, but he can be that source, he can be that central point from where they all came out of. It can keep them all connected. In other words, they all recognize, yes, I have a different perspective than you do. But both of us come from Yaakov Avinu. So then, all of us are united together, and as a nation, as an Am, we can we can recognize the oneness of Hashem. Oh yeah, big time! Because again, you're literally recognizing 
that you cannot say Shema as an individual. You can only you can only say Shema as a member of Yisrael. To the extent that we are all B'nai Yisrael, is, is the extent to which we can say we, we can recognize Hashem as, the, as our King. Well, I think that, that you're saying when you say Shema, probably on some level, they'll do much more if they if they if they were to say Shema. That's right. That's why that's why there is uh, sometimes a thirteenth month appears, right? And then the one, and then the thirteenth is 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 the is the sum total of all of them. So is what pulls them all together. It's the sort is the root from where they all come from. Yaakov. So, um, so, the, and, and so much so that actually, the Maral says that that's why the Shvatim are the first ones to ever recognize Hashem as the king in the world. Because Yaakovinu, as great as he was, he was an individual still. He was one person. Now, he was one of the Avos. He's a root. It's incredible. But you need that the nation of B'nai Yisrael should recognize Hashem as one, which is why we learn from that incident how to say Shema. We'll talk about that in a minute. We will learn from how Yaakov responded. We also try to do that, etc. But the point is because they were the B'nai Yisrael. They're the first B'nai Yisrael. So they are a group of people who are united together as being B'nai Yaakov, B'nai Yisrael. And to, as a group of people who are united in that regard, they're able to accept all Malchus Shemayim upon themselves, to accept Hashem as Elokeinu. So Shemay Yisrael, we all unite ourselves as recognizing ourselves as different facets of one single man or one single root, source. And through that, we can... Accept Hashem's kingship on us of Elokeinu, and bring that out into the world. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so um, uh, he the, the moral does say, and the two of them are flip sides of the same coin, kinda. That so again, so when we say the word Shema Yisrael, we either have a kavana that we're talking to ourselves. But we're talking to ourselves as a member of Yisrael, or alternatively, and this maybe taps into a little bit what Yosef was digging for, um, that, we, that we are addressing Klaus. Shema Yisrael means that we're speaking to the Jewish people. So in that regard, yeah, I guess you could have the, the secular, our secular brothers in mind as well. Secular. I don't like that. What does secular mean? Lost. Our lost brothers. You can have our lost, lost brothers as well. Well, they're really coldish inside. They just don't. They just don't know about it. Oh, that's what it means. Profane. 
Uh-huh. Okay, got it. Yes, that's not good. They're not good. They're, they're, they're very holy. They just don't know about it. Okay, so um, so now we get into the next step. What, 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 what do we say after we say Shmai Yisrael Hashem Akein Hashem Achad? What? Baruch Hashem called Machus Olam Vayad. Do we though? Quietly, so we have to. It's in between saying it and not. Uh, we're not really. Uh, right. Separating Kippur. Oh, very good. Okay, so 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 let's just I just speak this out, right? So the Gemara, so the Gemara says, so Gemara Brachas. Yaakov Adinu said Baruch Shem Kolmochus Void. So then, how can we not say it? Says, yeah, but Moshe didn't say it. So how, can, so how can we say it? When we say Moshe didn't say it, we don't mean Moshe didn't say it in the privacy of his own tent when he was declaring whatever he was declaring. We mean Moshe was commanding us to, to say Shema in the Torah over there. It's not written. It just says, Shema Yisrael followed by They have to. That's right. Very good. Right. So, so how can so how can we go and change what the Torah says? So the Gemara says an analogy. The analogy is to a princess who smells a some greasy, fatty, cholent, right, oozy lamb. Uh, in there, right? She's I mean, she's uh, sitting there eating her eating her romaine lettuce salad with a squirt of lemon on there, right? And so what? So what can she do? She she so badly wants the cholent, but to go and ask for the cholent would be embarrassing. She's a, she's a princess. Princesses don't. Each cholent. On the other hand, to deny yourself the cholent, she also can't do because she wants it so badly. So what does she do? She whispers to her maidservant to bring her some cholent around the back. Right? So that's so. So the solution the Gemara says is we'll whisper it. We'll whisper broken called because to say it we can't say it because Moshe Rabbeinu didn't say it. But to not say it, we can't not say it because Yaakov even said it. That's what the Gemara says. Okay? So, uh, so, so to understand, first of all, what is this whole Baruch Shekhar Mokhosulam and where it comes from. So, Yaakov even says it. Right? Why is Yaakov saying it? And what does it mean to bless Hashem's name? So, um, first of all, one important thing to know, which we will talk about later, is that whoever is responding to whoever else in, in matters of Kedusha, the response always has to be on a higher level than the first statement. That's why you have the concept of Godel on Amen Minabavarich. Someone who answers Amen is greater than the one who says the Bracha. We don't mean greater. As a person, in like regard you know, his entire life, um, but we mean in that particular act, 
the saying of Amen is a higher level, you're hitting a higher thing than the bracha. We'll talk about how, but basically you're um, springboarding off of the off of the bracha that was said. Um, you know, like you're standing on the person's shoulders, right? So, so that and that, that's how it always works. Whenever you have a response, you always have to go one notch higher. Um, and we discussed before, actually, when we were going from Sukkot Zumra into Birkas Kriyishma, we pointed out that a bracha is a higher level than a shavach, than a praise. Sukkot Zumra, which is praises, and in Birkas Kriyishma, we switched over to brachas. We were ready to start actually drawing down, increasing. There should be more of that in the world, which is a greater power. Not just one thing to just stand back and be really happy and awed and complimenting and praising. Another thing to actually be able to facilitate an increase, a rebuy of that. Yeah. So, so here Yaakov is actually able to connect to Hashem's name to such a point that he could draw it down, he could bring Baruch Shem means he's increased, Baruch means to increase, Ribui, right? So he's uh, causing an increase of that because he heard his son say the Shema. Now the Shema is, I acknowledge what you are, right? We are saying, Hashem, you're, you're our Lord, you're one, really, really lofty recognition. But here we're talking about actual increase, drawing down into this world, increasing that recognition for next time. Right? So that's a higher madrega. So Yaakov Avinu, that he was on such a high level, he could do such a thing. Okay? But Moshe Rabbeinu is commanding the Jewish people. He's writing a mitzvah in the Torah. Mitzvah in the Torah has to be written. This is a level that every Yid can reach, can come to. So Moshe can't write it as a commandment for us to say because we're not all Yaakov Avinu. You know, Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe he, maybe he also could say it. Yeah. But, uh, but, but what's written in the Torah is for, is for everyone. <clears throat> okay, fine. So if what's written in the Torah is for everyone, this is the shock of the Torah, it's happening in the Gemara. So if it was written in the Gemara for everyone, so we should just not say it, because the Torah didn't command us to say it. Says so the Gemara. But Yaakov even said, "How can we not say it?" So what does that mean? What does that mean? How can we not say it? Yaakov said it. Are you Yaakovinu? You in the Madriga of Yaakovinu? Answer is, we're we're not on the Madriga of Yaakovinu, but we are his children, right? And being his children means on some level, in potential, somewhere deep down inside of us, we do have that level of Yaakov Avinu, who, who, who is able to do such a thing. And like Bensi said, one day a year, we actually get to come up to that level, Anyum Kippur, Anyum Kippur, where we transcend where we go so high up that we're like angels we're able to say out loud Midrash says that angels say it all the time out loud because they're they're very lofty they're very high up so they can say it also in the base of Midrash 
we would say it out loud, because the base of Megdish is a place where we're very lofty, we're very transcendent. So we have it in us, in potential. We just can't, we just can't, um, we're just not holding there, practically. And that's what the whispering does. The whispering is, like we discussed well, in Davening, back in the earlier program, we spoke about that when a person is in the Shemon Esrei, in the, in the silent Shemon Esrei, there has to be speech, but on the other hand, it should be whispering. We said because the whispering is Nishamadik, because it's already speech. Even when you're whispering, it's already speech. Speech itself is the expression of thought. That's the intelligence of man. Anything beyond that, just the, the extra decibels, is just nothing more but but monkey scre- screaming. Right? Meaning the, the rest of it is just more volume. There's no new content, there's no thought, there's no information, it's just more volume, right? And as we said, that that's why uh, someone who uh, raises his voice in davening is like a what? Oh, so someone who screams is like an over the Vodazora, someone who just speaks in an audible voice is Miktana Imuna. Right? Because the point is, his feel is in the physical world. He's davening, he's speaking the way he would speak to a, to a king. It's not the Shamadik. It's not, it's not his Neshama on an inner level, we spoke about back then, called Mamadaka, the silent little voice, the inner, the inner world. It has to be speech, but besides that inner world. Right? So too over here, we're, we're, we're tapping in to the inner Neshama that we have, which we have a connection on that level of our neshama, we are Bnei Yisrael. We are like Yisrael Saba, like Yaakov Avinu. And therefore we can say Baruch Shem Kippur Malchuso on that level. In other words, people think, oh, you don't want the angels to hear you say that. Like, if the angels catch you saying that, you're going to be in big trouble. But the good news is, the angels, they don't hear when you whisper. Right? Angels know how to read people's minds. Rashi brings that they... They could read what, uh, Sarah's mind, what she was thinking, right? But they can't. Uh, but but they, they can't overhear a soft whisper, right? Obviously, that's not the pshat. The point is, if we're whispering, we're saying it from the perspective of our neshama, and that level, it's appropriate to say it. Just like in the base of we could say it. Just like in Yom Kippur, we could say it. So too, the rest of the year, we can whisper it. But to say it out loud, you're just getting your body involved. Your body can't be involved in, in, in such a thing. Um, is that the princess reference? The princess, like where the child is king? Is that after the princess? You could say that. The, here, the point, here the point is that here there's a yearning for something, but you can't do it openly. So that, that's, that's how the Baral is doing it. The Nefesh Chaim has a different uh, take on it, where he deals more with the princess part. He's commanding the Jewish people. He has the commanders on a level that we're all holding by, and we all have physical body, as well as in the Shabbat. So he can't make that a, uh, a commandment as if we're holding by it.
One second. Um, Also, by the way, so what Mordi just said, yes. Maralek just says, that it's compared to a Bas Melech, because we, our Neshama, is the daughter of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. We're, all, we're all holy, really, right? Just not on the, just not on the level of the body. Um, and that's... And he says that that in the Shema, the Ayn and the Dal, the Ayn in the beginning of Shema, and the Dal at the end of Shema, combined to make an aid, aid is giving testimony that uh, that we testify about, uh, that we're testifying about Hashem's oneness. Ad Kan Perik Zayin.